Are you hungry? Are you hungry? What's one of your favorite meals that satisfy you when you're hungry? Or healthy beverage when you're so thirsty? Hungry and thirsty. Sometimes you may be so hungry and thirsty, you don't even need your favorite meal or healthy beverage, just something because you're so hungry. I ask this for our benefit and to honor Christ. Are we as hungry for Christ and for the Scriptures as we are hungry for other good pleasures? When we awaken in the morning, what is one of the first things that come to your mind? When you awaken in the morning, what is one of the first things that come through your mind? And probably there, those same things much of the day. I confess to you that it is not an intense hunger for Christ and for His Word that I wish it was. When I awaken in the morning too often, I want to reach over and get my phone and see what messages I may have received. Or other good and important. But so often, I'm far more concerned about most anything than I am for Christ and His Word. How is it with you? We have this great letter called 1 Peter. It's a short letter, but so powerful. Peter is the human author. The Holy Spirit has chosen to use Peter to write to these people out there. They're in five different locations. They're, they're refugees. They're literally running for their life because they have placed their faith in Christ and they're wanting to live faithful to Christ. And it's costing them. It's costing them their homes and their business and their income and their families. And they're running for their lives. They're scattered. They're... And he's writing them a letter. They are suffering And he's writing them a letter to encourage them. Throughout this short letter, the focus is suffer, suffering, suffering because of your identity to Christ. But in your suffering, there is the promise of joy. And he says this, you are rejoicing with joy. Here is intended encouragement, help for today that you can have joy. Hope for tomorrow, regardless of what you are experiencing. Help for today, hope for tomorrow that you will continue rejoicing with joy. How does that happen? How can you rejoice with joy? By tasting and seeing that the Lord is good.
putting your trust in him over, over the problems and the distress that you're experiencing. I like the way the psalmist says it. The goodness of Christ tasting. I like the way he describes it. Listen to this. Listen to the scriptures. The rules of the Lord are true. Okay, family. The Bible is true. The Bible is altogether trustworthy. Here it is. Sweeter than honey. Drippings of the honeycomb. That's what God's word is. When you'll come and taste his goodness, is there anything sweeter than honey? Even drippings from that honeycomb? Yes. When you're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Look at the scripture before us today. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Our focus this morning specifically, but within its context, 1 Peter 1, look at chapter 2. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. Chapter 2, it's in green. So, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. You see that very first word, so. S-O. That is so important. To understand what our Lord is saying, He is saying, because of all that this is true that has preceded it, so do this. Because of the truth of the preceding verses, So, this is the application. This is the way to apply all that has preceded. What has preceded? Look at the verse. Look at the verse. It's underlined. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. The way to have joy, regardless of what you are experiencing, is that when you will choose through Christ, it's got to come through Christ, to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. I remind us, this kind of love is far more than an emotion. Listen, young folk, it's more than an emotion. Old folks, all of us. It's an active commitment for the benefit of others. It's action. It's action, aggressive, care and concern for others as more important than ourself. Only Christ, who has done that, can do it. So what is he saying? Commit your lives to others as more important than our own earnestly. I remind us that word earnest is a powerful word. It's the, it's the word that's used of Jesus Christ. Hours before he was arrested by those soldiers. Jesus is in that garden. And he's praying. And he's asking the Father, Father, is there any other way? Do I have to go to the cross? 
and take your wrath and take your judgment and take your anger and take your punishment against sin. He was sinless. He was so in anguish that he began perspiring. He began sweating as if, the Bible says, as if it were drops of blood. That's the word. That anguish that is used to describe the way we're to commit to each other. Do you want joy? Peter says, do you really want joy? In all that's happening to you, you've lost your home, you're leaving your family, you've lost your income, you're being pursued like an animal. But the offer is joy. It's when you put others before yourself with such anguish and earnestness from a pure heart. Why? Why would we want to do this? Look at what the scriptures say. Because, family, here, because we're no longer our own. If you are in Christ, if Christ is in you, you do not belong to yourself. The Bible says we all either belong to Satan, the devil. Jesus says you are of your father, the devil. You're his or you're a child of God himself. And that can only come by being born again. Born a second time. That's where he says this. That's what he says right here in the Bible. Look at it. Look, at, look up at verse 23. 123. You're to do this since you have been born again. You experienced the first birth. But if you've experienced the second birth. The spiritual birth where God's word came to you and breathed life into you. And then you were awakened to your sin and your need for Christ. And you began trusting in Christ. Trusting in Christ to make you acceptable. To bring you into his family. What is he saying? Commit your life to others. Why? You're no longer your own family. If you're in Christ, you're not your own. You are not to make the ultimate decisions of what you'll do, nor where you'll go, nor how you'll use your finances. No. Because of Christ who did not sin, who became sin so that we become His righteousness We're now to live as slaves of Christ. Slaves of righteousness. Is that your passion? Do you want Christ to be your slave owner with you as a slave? That's the picture. That's the requirements. That's the way to live out. Christ owns you. You've been bought with his blood. He bought you not with gold or silver or dollars or yen. 
Our Dutch marks. He's bought you with his blood. He's owned you. He owns you. That's the way to freedom. He makes the decisions of the way we're to live, think, talk. You've been born again. Oh, family, the Bible is alive. It's active. It's powerful. It never loses its effectiveness. Now, so, because all of that's true, because he's told us the way we're to live, not only with those you like and you want to be with them, but through those hard times with people, with the crisis, with the difficulties. So, because you're no longer your own, you've been bought, the Word is working in you. So, how are we to live? We got to put off. You got to put off and keep taking off. This kind of thinking, words, and behavior. We got to keep putting off this kind of thinking and speaking and behavior. What are we to put off? Look at, look at these words in green, verse 2. So, because of this, Put away all malice, all deceit, and slant, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. These words, these five words, when believed, when enjoyed through Christ, will give you joy. Far beyond our imagination. Look at these words. Put away all malice. What is the malice of which we are to put away? What is it? This word is, malice means all kinds of evil. All kinds of evil. Put it off. Take it off. Another place says, put it to death. He's speaking to us who are in Christ. If you're in Christ, he says, put it to death. I mean, strangle it. Kill it. This kind of behavior. Starve it. Suffocate it. Do everything needed so it does not flourish and live within you. How are you doing? What is our natural response of evil? Someone hurts you. And you want revenge. You want to get even. You, you want them to hurt. You want to put them in their, in their place because of what they did to you or to someone you love. That's our natural response. And the scripture says, no, no, no. Put it away, take it off, remove it, and keep removing it. All kinds of evil. This word is used 11 times in the New Testament. 11 times. This evil. Hey, you hurt me. I want want you in pain. I want you to suffer. 
That comes from our arrogance and our pride. Put it off and keep putting it off. Secondly, deceit. Deceit to have joy. We must continuously put off deceit. What's that? It's dishonesty. Exaggeration. It's flattery. Those words that Will used in our opening prayer this morning. So true. About putting off deceit. Flattery. Exaggeration. Lying. Are you truthful? Are you truthful? Even if you think it will get you in trouble. Truthful and honesty. Paul. We see in Acts chapter 13, warns the church about a particular person and calls him by name. Calls him by name in Acts 13.10. He says, he is, quote, a child of the devil. An enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit. And trickery. This was someone they knew in the church. But in reality, he was a child of Satan. And he opposed everything that was good and right. He was just full of all kinds of what? Deceit, dishonesty, and trickery. How is it with me? How is it with you? This kind of behavior. And the third he describes is put away what? Malice, all kinds of evil. Secondly, all deceit, all dishonesty. Thirdly, we see hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. A hypocrite. Pretending we're one thing while in reality we're another. Pretending we're one person while in reality we're another. The word here is back in biblical times when they had plays, the characters would often wear a mask to indicate they were someone other than themselves. And that's the word that is used. Don't wear a mask. Pretending, thinking, presenting yourself as someone you're not. That's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Jesus confronted the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of their day who demanded such obedience upon the people Demanding obedience by the people while they did not follow the teaching they were demanding of others. And Jesus called them, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. What is hypocrisy? The scriptures say, these people... Honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's 
ask me, family, how is it with you? I can speak to you biblical words. I can sing these great biblical hymns. I can speak truth. But where is your heart? Honoring him with our lips, but have a heart that's far from him. And the scripture goes on to say, in vain, you worship me, teaching his doctrine, the commandments of men. Your worship is useless. It's vain. It's empty. Because your heart, hear what you're saying. But your heart is not there. All hypocrisy. Envy, envy, envy. Envy. What's envy? You have it. I want it. And I deserve it. Envious. I envy. That's sin. I envy. What do you envy? Who do you envy? What do you envy that others have that you do not have? And you feel you cannot be happy and fulfilled unless you possess it. That's envy. That's envy. What are you envying? To continue envying robs you of the greater joy. He's telling us these truths so that his joy may be in us and that our joy may be full and complete through Christ's obedience. And we say, Christ, we want to obey you. Envy. Hypocrisy. Judas. You remember Jesus had 12 disciples. Who do you choose among the 12 to be your treasurer? (laughs) To keep the money. Probably you choose the one you can trust the most. (laughs) Levi, oh, he was a tax collector. He had a reputation of cheating and lying and deceiving. Peter, what would he know about finances? He was a poor fisherman. Ah. We can choose Judas. Yeah, we can trust Judas. He'll be our treasurer. He'll keep the money and pay our bills. And so they made Judas their treasurer. That's what the Bible says. He was their treasurer. Christ was being anointed with an extremely expensive perfume by Mary. Mary took this extremely expensive perfume and anointed Christ. Oh, the smell of that perfume. Judas spoke up. And I'm paraphrasing. What? What are you doing wasting that perfume? We could take it, we could sell it, we could have all that money and give to the poor. (laughs) 
what he said? And they certainly believed him. But then the scriptures tell us he was not concerned about the poor. That often he went to the money bag and kept it for himself. That's the word that's used. Envy, hypocrisy, pretending we're someone we're not. Pretending that your desires are holy and righteous and they're not. They're focused on yourself. Put it away. Because of Christ's obedience. Because of Christ's perfection. Because of Christ's holiness. That's the way to joy. It's impossible to have the joy that Christ intends for you. When you and I continue in deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. What do people hear from you? When you're experiencing something you don't like, you can be in the church, in the family. He's speaking to the family here, the spiritual family. He says, put it off, this slandering This critical spirit, this complaining so often behind the back of the one you are attacking. Paul is writing a letter to those, his friends in Corinth. Paul is writing a letter. He's written them earlier. He's writing them again. In 2 Corinthians, that's the letter we call the second letter. He's telling them, I'm coming to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. He says, I'm coming. But I fear, I'm concerned, that when I come to you, I may find you are not as I want. That the, perhaps there may be quarreling. Jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, and disorder. I'm coming, but when I get there, what am I going to hear? I'm concerned. He must have been getting some reports of what was happening there among that congregation. GPC, I say with honesty, I don't know of any congregation anywhere more loving and caring than you. Did you hear me? I'm honest. I know of no congregation anywhere more loving and caring than you. May it continue. What are people hearing when they listen to you talk about one another? 
in the future when they hear you talking about others, what will they hear? Will they hear quarreling coming from your heart? Will they hear you jealous and angry, hostile? Do people hear you slandering and gossiping? Disorder? What are they hearing now that I may not know? Paul says, I don't want to find that when I come. I don't want that true of you. Then he concludes, how does all of this happen? (laughs) How does this happen? This what? This commitment, love, with such anguish for the betterment of others above ourselves, it can only happen if you're born again, birthed into the family with the Bible as your authority. With an aggressive, serious, putting off these things. And then lastly, you've got to have the Scriptures. He brings us right back to Christ and the Bible. Christ and the Bible. This must be a part of your heart. Your life. This has got to be your food, your drink. You've got to eat. And then he gives us the most precious illustration of what it's like to live in God's family if you want joy. Look at the illustration. Look at the picture he gives us. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Oh, you parents, you grandparents, you've been around little children Look at it. (laughs) Chapter 2, verse verse 2. You see it? After the green, after the green, then he tells us how we're to do it. Like newborn infants. Long, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. You've been around infants, newborns. You've been around them. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Day and night. What do they want? Milk. Screaming, hollering, now, don't wait. I want to have that kind of attitude. And I want you to have it. More importantly, Christ wants you to have it. If you're not eating, nor drinking, nor finding your nourishment in the Word, you will not mature. You'll never grow up into all that he's intended in your own life, in your own home. But it's not just you 
and the word. It's in community. Father, make me like a newborn. And then grow up and eat the meat of the word. But such craving for your word. Again, screen time is not necessarily wrong. It can be good. But does it take priority over my heart and my time in the Word? How is it with you? What is most important? But folk, not only when you're hungry do you eat, but you want a healthy diet of food and nourishment even when you're not hungry. So sometimes you'll be very hungry for God's word. But even when you're not, you still want to eat and drink healthy. For a spiritually healthy soul. How is it? What changes do you need to make in your schedules? Not only in your personal time in the word and in the family, but listen, there's nothing greater than coming together like this to worship around Christ and the scriptures or in other groups. Ladies, ladies, listen. There's a great Sunday evening group that meets right here Sunday evening. Just women studying the word together, talking together, praying together. Another group on Friday mornings coming together. Not just GPC, ladies. It's ladies who are hungry from other places. Sunday night, Friday mornings. There's small groups. Every Wednesday night, somewhere you could have a small group. Through this ministry. You can invite others who are not even a part of GPC to come and feast together on the word. A group of men pray together each Monday morning at 645. We say, come late if you need to. Come, early, come late, leave early if you need to. But we need each other. We need each other. How are we to respond? What are the responses we're needed? All of this is called sanctification. When you're in Christ, if you are in Christ, this is the work It's the work of God's free grace whereby he renews us in the whole person after the image of God. We're enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. That's the picture here. Are you in Christ? We need to daily die to sin. And live unto the righteousness of Christ. This is his grace. We do not earn it. We do not deserve it. Now what? Now what? What difference does this make? Number one. Thank the Father through Christ. Thank the Father for Christ. This new birth. This pure word that is alive. And it produces action. Thank you, Father, for Christ. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his death. Thank you for his resurrection that makes our adoption possible. And thank you for the scriptures. Secondly, ask the Father to make us hungry. Not just us, but make 
a people thirsty for him through the Bible, directing us all to love him and obey him like a newborn infant. Look at Psalm 34, 8. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see, family, the Lord is good. You can live as a blessed person as you run to Christ when you're in crisis. When you're in crisis. When life is difficult and it's hard and you wonder if you're going to make it. You need to taste and see He is good. And through the Scriptures, run to Him, Christ your refuge. In community with others. If I and others can help you, I say with honesty, we've got some godly men who will talk with you. Wonderful Christ-like ladies who we can put you with to talk about your joys, your crisis, who will point you to Christ and to the comfort of Christ and the Scriptures. Father, thank you that we can taste and see your goodness. That in Christ we may run to him for our provider and protector. Father, thank you. Now enable us all, birth us into your family to take off constantly all of this behavior that grieves your spirit and robs us of joy. Not just us, Father, but all everywhere. In the name of your Son, the name, authority of Christ, Amen. Please stand for our closing hymn. It's a prayer that God would work in our lives the things that we've just heard. May the mind of Christ my Savior.
We're thankful you are here. We are thankful that approximately 18 months ago, Lord brought our Lord brought to GPC Robin Douglas with her husband and children. Robin serves as our church secretary. Robin's mother is at death in Greenville, South Carolina, under hospice care. Robin is with her since Friday night, other than a few hours. So I know Robin would appreciate your prayers. Many of us are praying for Robin Douglas. Her mother is at death, and Robin is confident her mother knows Christ as her Savior and Lord. So thank you for caring for Robin and for one another. And we want the benediction of Jesus Christ. Again, Pastor Phil Stogner on his way, he and his wife Wendy, to Scotland to minister there. Pastor, please. Now may the Lord of peace Amen. himself give you peace at all times, hmm. in every way, and may you know this grace of the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself, today and forever. Ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you.